Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Another episode of Pop Apologists. Chandler, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, what has been happening in your life, in your week? Last night, I went to Heather Gay's Bad Mormon book signing premiere party. Um, okay. So that was a big deal. I, you know, Ben was supposed to go with me, but then he was kind of in a bad mood. And I'm like, you don't even deserve mm-hmm. to go, first of all. You won't even appreciate this moment. Um, And I want to have you bringing down the vibe. So I brought some girlfriends with me and it was lovely. It was like so fun. Um, Yeah, I am very excited to read the book. I've already started it. There is something about Heather's magnetism in person. She really is someone who is so lively, fun, always has a punchy, funny thing to say. Right. She's always so quippy, is always so flattering. Like she's just like, I think the word for it is charisma. No, um, and to the max. <laughs> she has so much charisma. She's also the type of person where if you're like, come meet my friend, she's going to like be so warm and like fun and kind to them. You totally. know, like whereas like there are other people where you're like, I want you to meet my friend. And then it'll be like, you know, this like quick, curt and, you know, inter- introduction. And yeah, yeah, she's just, she's wonderful. She's warm. Everyone, you know, was completely enamored by her. And yeah, no, you know, they, uh, they saw the hype. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, she's even like more like, amazing in person. So agreed. So excited to have her on the show to read Bad Mormon and then have her on the show to discuss. Yes. That yes. is upcoming. Um, we're in the process of booking that. So that'll be really great. Um, what about you? How's my week What's going, going on in your week? Oh, you just well, thank you for asking. The <laughs> how's my, and how's my week going? I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I got my Instagram. I'm sorry. I got my wedding photos back. And so now I am actually like knee deep in the work channel, the work mm-hmm, of curating how I'm going to post all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I texted you and Courtney and I said, what's the max I can post for grid feeds, oh, you know, for I'm, carousels? I'm curious her thoughts versus mine. So at first she said three. And then I said, oh, wow. She gave that's you not going to happen. She gave you a ceiling of three. She three. did, but then she walked it back because okay. I was like, well, that's Good. definitely not. Three is right, like not right, even right. on the table. Right. Like I would say 30 <laughs> is potentially too much. Uh, but three, like I might as well just get like, I might as well just it's have like, not had a wedding. If I'm going to post honestly three grid posts. Three like, did you like, like your wedding? If you posted I'm three like, grid posts. Three, three grid posts is like the same as like a 30th birthday. Like that's 100- like. You know, like that's the, I mean, I post, I mean, for me, it could be a boat day. It could literally be a boat day for you. It could be, actually, it could be a sectional day for you. Um, Absolutely. But wow, I cannot believe the restraint she was trying to make you show. Well, I also, I mean, I posted nine slideshows, nine grid posts, carousels for my safari. 
So I'm like, I can't post less than I posted about, you know, South Africa. So I've now set this benchmark. Anyway. Hold on. A moment. A a moment to just just quickly be self-aware and realize that this conversation about, you know, what type of how many posts on social media fit the occasion and what like is, you know, socially acceptable, like is just such a, a perfectly how do I say it? We're really dumb and people used to have to care about really important things. And now we don't have to care about crazy important things because we can just care about, you know, how many Instagram posts we can do. I mean, sure. Let's all acknowledge that. But I would say that we're dumb as a society because I can tell you that we this, are. Is a, this is a great struggle that all it's- brides face. All, you know, you one day will encounter this hurdle in your life, Chandler. And I wouldn't just so casually sweep it away. You know, it is something to it is something to reckon with. I mean, yeah, I, I guess it is something to reckon with. I mean, people used to reckon with like having to go to war, and now this is what we reckon with. It is incredibly dumb. It is incredibly okay. stupid. Yeah. Also, yeah. I don't know why I care so much about Instagram and my wedding. Like, right, my wedding has nothing to do with social media. I even liked not having posted for a while because I was right, like, you know, right. it has nothing to do with showing it off or sharing it. This is actually just a private event. Right. Um, for me. For me and my close <laughs> friends and family. Not for Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But no, the photos came back. My photographer knocked it out of the park. and But I, now I am, like, I am faced with this conundrum. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? This may not be a real problem, Lauren, but it's real to you. And so, <laughs> in that, I validate you. The one thing I will, well, one, this is a good vindication of meta in and the use case of it in perpetuity because Great. we all put so much effort into mm-hmm. into curating our lives. I mean, we all, all the shallow bitches listening, which is right. 99% of you. And um, honestly, even the people who are curating an anti-curated look are curating. Absolutely. Exactly. We've all put so much effort into capturing our lives, right? This is mm-hmm. the modern day scrapbook on Instagram. Yeah. So the idea take. that this would all go away and yeah. that you just wouldn't care about all this content. Anyway, um, but I forgot where I was even going with that. Oh, yeah. I have to have it, it was, all posted. The other thing is I have to yeah. have it all posted by by the time the Patreon episode goes up. Right. So anyway, got a business deadline to track. I've got with. a business deadline. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I got to get it up and running. I got to get it. I got to get it going. And it's taking up a lot of my time. Side note, remember how, how mom used to make these really ornate scrapbooks? In fact, she would hire a person to come over to our house to then sift through our like printed out photos to then like make them into huge scrapbooks. And I think we're pretty expensive. That they are. Oh, I mean, that has completely gone. They had cute like little graphics mm-hmm. and beautiful like prints. Absolutely, right. absolutely. That 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 used to be a full thing. I think that the Achilles heel and problem with scrapbooks, though, is that obviously they're contained within a book. And so you have to be looking at a book. It's not digital. So, well, unfortunately, we can't enjoy them unless we're there. Right. And yeah. And I can't like show my scrapbook to all my friends, you know, with the click of a button. Exactly. And an affiliate link. Right. Um, Anyways. So anyway, that is really the 2023 struggle I am facing this week. So keep me in your thoughts and prayers, everyone. You did say to me that you have been going to Orange Theory and that you said, you quote, it's kind of a bullshit workout, but I've been modifying <laughs> a ton and my instructor loves it, which I just want to, uh, sorry, end quote, unpack. Because it sounds like you're not doing the program that, and that class is extremely programmed. That's, um, so that's let's talk correct. about it. 
So I went to Orange Theory and I, first of all, I think the rowing is a total waste of time. Also, I'm looking at my stats and I spend, it's a 60 minute workout, right? I spend 12 minutes total on the treadmill, like Mm -hmm. eight on the rower. And then I'm in the weight area. A lot of time is wasted in the back and forth. Oh, get off your treadmill, go to the rower. Okay. Now we're going to lose two minutes. Okay. Um, Rafa, who's my instructor. And so anyway, um, I said to my instructor, I said, I, I have a low back problem. And that's not which true. I do. That's a, which I do not. I fully you, do. You not. absolutely do not. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. First time hearing of that. So I lied about having a fake injury and I said, and I can't do the rower. And so I said, I need to just do the treadmill during cardio because I, yeah. you know, it's going to be way, yeah. much more efficient. Right. Right. He shot me down immediately. Stop. Um, he said, no, that won't fly. He said, no. He said, that doesn't work because we don't have enough space. You know, you got to go with the program. So anyway, uh, I reluctantly decided to strain my lower back issue and continue <laughs> with the rower. You could, you're kind of like building a lawsuit against them. Like you, you, you could fake an injury. That is a and great then sue point. Them. If things get um, really tough, I will uh, hire. I will see if Ed Masry wants to take up <laughs> take up a lawsuit against the Puerto Rico Orange Theory here in San Juan. Um, sorry to anyone who goes to Orange Theory. Our dad loves Orange Theory a lot and I actually like going with him a lot, you know, as a way to spend time together. Um, but I also don't really enjoy the rowing. And honestly, one of the last couple of times I was there, I fell off a treadmill. And for those reasons, I don't think I can go back. Uh, I'll do you one better one time. Well, how did you fall off? Like, did you get injured? Or was it just like a qu- quick stumble? Lauren, yes. And my pride was beyond repair, was injured beyond mm. repair. Um, well, I, no, I was, I was, time ago. it was one of those like run to row. You probably haven't done Orange Theory enough to, you know, no. experience this yet. And you probably won't even make it there because you'll quit. No offense, but you <laughs> probably. Know. That is my, I have thought already, like, I just need to cancel this membership so I don't get charged <laughs> again for February or for March. I've already planned my exit strategy. I know strategy. you do well. I literally know yeah. you do well. Anyways, it was like you run, then you go back, you quickly dash back and forth to the rower. Um, and it was in one of those transitions, you could say, which is, you know, when I just completely oh, fell. Oh, and you, I, you like, ate it. I ate it. I like literally the belt was still spinning and it like knocked me off. Um, well, yeah. One, one time I I was on the rower and I was so exuberant. This was a long time, years ago. I accidentally kicked the seat out from underneath me. And so... And you know what I literally thought? I was trying to row so fast that I thought, pretend you're on a lake. Titanic. And James is is like drowning oh, and you're trying to get gosh. to her. I know. Dark. That's our niece. Dark. But that's how I guess I got myself to really like get <laughs> to you strained your lower back. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I kick the seat accidentally out from underneath me. So then I literally, my ass falls on those like, those like the like bars that yeah. it's running on. So then I had just had the crazy, most crazy bruises on my butt. Couldn't do a thong bikini post that week. And it was really, that was really tough. Another, another real problem for you. Not real problem elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But no. So anyway, so anyways, going back to my current schedule, what I'm doing is um, I don't follow the weights at all. Like whatever's okay. on their thing, I don't do. I just do my own weight program. Um, <laughs> during- so dumb and bizarre. Literally so annoying during the strength training portion because let me tell you, I just if I've just done cardio right or if I'm going to do cardio after this, I don't need to be hopping around a bench. I don't need to be doing any sort of jumps. I don't need to be doing any. Why am I doing more cardio? Why are you paying for this program to have a gym membership? Because it is so much better for me to a 
be it's just better for me to have to show up yeah it's like, like a timing thing if I have to get to a class and I have to work my day around it I would so much rather do that than in my mind think when am I gonna go to the gym am I going right, to the gym right. maybe I'll do this right then I have to do my hair maybe I'm not gonna go okay I'm not gonna go it's just so much better for me to have to do a time yeah agree. um but I do think that the current workouts and their current iteration will basically do nothing for for you. <laughs> um, and it is a bullshit workout. So it's just a lot of sorry, dad. But it's I love you so much, dad. But it's literally just like it's just a bunch of cardio. Well, I think it's, half great. Ho- it, it's perfect for someone like dad at dad's age. Like also dad modifies the whole time. Dad does whatever the hell he wants. Literally, I've gone to classes with him where he just opens up the emergency exit door because he needs an extra <laughs> breeze. <laughs> literally props it open. Maybe it's genetic. It actually it probably is. Just doing whatever the hell we want in order Literally to paying money to go to a class where you actually just pretend like you own the place. Listen, I I rented this little space of weights <laughs> for this time. So I'm going to use it as I so wish. Is and it I did in Spanish? My instructor. It is in Spanish too. So that's the other thing. It's oh like, God, I don't know what don't the hell's going on in it. <laughs> Wait, oh. bingo. That's exactly what you're modifying because you're not actually understanding what anyone is saying. Well, he's, he's always like, uno, dos, tres, hola. And I'm like, hello? Like, what the fuck? Are we ending this? Are we starting it? So I'm just doing my own thing. Like, I don't know when we're doing an all out. I don't know when we're doing. I would, I would give anything for footage of you doing your own thing in a Spanish <laughs> orange theory class. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's now five days a week. Um, oh, my gosh. Well, okay. And, yeah. I mean, I'll talk more about this Aside on Patreon, but also I can get a very efficient strength training regime handled in the 25 minutes allotted to me at Orange Theory 2. So I'm turning it into an excellent workout. But we can okay, move on. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. And I'm like, did anyone ask for you to talk about it on the Patreon or is that just like a, you know, self-imposed solo episode? <laughs> Okay, I guess I'm not going to discuss it for. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I actually, Let's I would like to hear it. On. Let's, Let's move, move on. Let's move on, Chandler. Um. So this weekend, can I tell you about something quickly that happened to me this weekend? Please. Now that we're a little warmed up. Yeah. Um. I went to a spa for my friend Sammy's thirtieth birthday. Um. I've been to the spa before. It's called Sojo. It's in New Jersey. Um. It's great. And I will say this was my most um let's say embarrassing experience because i got reprimanded multiple times while i was there yes for what let me just paint a picture of the vibe of this place it's kind of like a really clean airport that's also a day spa that's also kind of like a hotel lobby like the theme of it is it's like a k-spa but it's like um it, it just like it's like six it levels like industrial logistics it's, kind of, it's, it's like a shopping mall that every floor is like a spa related thing so there's like a floor of saunas a floor of like a beautiful food court a floor of like salt rooms like that type of thing cool okay, okay. so Great. it's yeah but they are very strict about certain things when you go there and i like that they're strict because it makes it a really clean and nice facility um but one rule that i was not prepared to have to follow and i didn't yeah. know this rule existed until I went on Saturday, um, is no excessive PDA. Okay. Whoa. Really? <laughs> so really? I've never been with Ben, my love, my, you know, my person. And, you know, when you go to a spa with your person, you, you want to be able to canoodle. Have sex. Is that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> no. But you want to be able to canoodle, okay? So we we're, we get there and you know all of us like and everyone like brought their partner so it was like you know 
it was it was a fun day okay it had the all the right. makings of being a fun day at least right so we, right we go to we go to the top infinity pool that's like overlooking everything it's beautiful the pool is like 95 degrees but, but it, and it's like ice cold that day so it just felt amazing right like there's yeah. nothing like being outside when it's kind of chilly and being in like a really hot pool um so you know my vibe is good i'm i feel very connected to water i love jacuzzis so the minute i get into the the pool i'm just like loving it and i'm starting to you know love up on ben okay okay and this is not not to be gross i'm, I'm not even being gross um you know and I, he's kind of holding me and I have my like legs wrapped around him. Okay. And we're just kind of like going around the pool. That is not very gross. That's Wait, not very what's graphic. the ergonomics of you with your legs around him like, going around the pool? Like I, I'm like, I've got my like legs around him and he's kind of like holding me as we go around the pool. He's like moving. Us, okay. I mean, like, clearly very strong. Okay. Well, you're in a pool too, you know? So it's like, I don't weigh as much. Oh, that's true. It's buoyant. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is not a physics podcast and it should never be. He's clearly very strong. Um, okay, anyways, please continue. So when all of a sudden this lifeguard walks over, okay, and she's behind the glass, like there's a, they're like enclosed in glass, okay. She's behind the glass and she aggressively taps on the glass, tap, 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 looks Stop. at me, and then uses her two fingers to mouth legs, legs to literally like, like no, like like release him release him like basically don't yeah don't like do not be holding him i'm gonna say the word straddle but i feel a little bit embarrassed like stop don't straddle him in the pool um i just don't yeah i mean and why i don't i have no idea we weren't making out we weren't kissing like it was just i was just literally tenderly holding him i mean i've been dating this man for like two years you know like i just sorry we were having a nice afternoon and here's the other thing lauren it what? was such a slut shaming moment for her for me yeah. when she used her yeah. hands to motion to my legs. She might as well have just said slut, whore, yeah. <laughs> unmarried, yes. absolutely living as, in sin. In the words of Dr. Laura, all you know, unmarried women who live with their boyfriends are what she would call um, unpaid whores. Oh so, <laughs> and it was like a girl my age. Did she mouth that's that? That's the to other you? worst part. Yeah, no, yeah, she did. She did. She said all those things. Um unpaid whore release uh spread those legs even wider and release that boy oh anyway i hope mom and dad do not listen to this episode because it's going to seem a lot more graphic than it actually is but and that was also in front of all my friends too okay so it was like it's was pretty pu- embarrassing did anyone else get rep- reprimanded no 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 one else got reprimanded the whole day and then the was anyone I- else as you know publicly um pda the, the funny thing no, but the funny thing is that we all got in the pool and we were like joking about that rule. And then we were, we were like, okay, let's see where the line is. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm sure the line is like if you're kissing or like, you know, on top of each other. So then I'm just normally holding on to Ben as I've been known to do. Um, and then I'm within 90 seconds of being in the pool. I was like reprimanded. I guess um, is it like the idea that you're supposed to just be there as individuals not as like it's not you're not supposed to distract anyone like maybe they just don't want people yeah, to I get think... distracted by by people fucking in the pool <laughs> so embarrassed that um, could potentially that's not what was degrade the spa experience gender. yeah and absolutely i think i think here's the thing i think if it was just like people being extremely you know yeah if there was extreme pda which i did not consider that to be because no one could even really see us yeah you know underneath the water this is sounding so much worse than it was, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm sure I, I understand the rule. 
I just don't think I merit like what I was doing merited like the reprimanding that I got. And the then I got, re- I got reprimanded a few hours later because we were in the food like area and I was eating and I you, you kind of you go around in robes, but I took off my robe like from my top half because I didn't want to like get ketchup on my like big, you know, white robe. So okay? did you have then, no top on? No, then underneath? I had just my bikini on. Okay. I just had a bikini on. And just a bikini or like just a bikini everyone your top was, off? No, a, a bikini on my top and bottom half, okay? Like, and were you just in a bikini or was your robe like partially My on, robe was like, like tied on around my left. It was like on my left. Okay, yeah. Great. Okay. Right? Right? Fine. A- absolutely fine. Also, like, I have a very modest chest. Like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not Pam Anderson, which we'll get into later. But yeah. someone immediately walks over within 60 seconds and says, put on your robe. What? So, like just I was just, just like, like that. Put on your just, robe. Not like it was like, ma'am. She kept like she was like motioning to her shoulders, my shoulders. Anyways, it like it brought up a wow, lot of past trauma. Strict spa. Yes. Um. So I got. I just feel like I got slut shamed with that whole day. Um, well, this reminds whatever. me of my own spa time experience. Okay. okay. So as everyone knows, I took a trip to Mexico last year where I did a lot of mushrooms consecutively. Um, and I guess we'll just go there. We're just going there. Anyway, I was mini dosing. So I wasn't like, like hallucinating, but I was just kind of like confused, right? With the amount I was taking. It was a low amount, but confused enough to where like my head is just like in the clouds. So when the ladies like explaining to me at the spa, how to like put my stuff in a locker, like I, I go to do the locker thing and I I literally cannot do it. Like there's just no way. No, there's no way you're getting that. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, but the funny part is, is I'd never done hydrotherapy before. Um, okay. And so I didn't know if you were supposed to be naked at the spa or if you're supposed to wear your swimsuit. Like, I just didn't know. Um, and there was like, I almost went naked thinking like, this is just, it, it's separated by gender. Right. You know, this is like a sophisticated thing. Like, you just don't be weird about it. Like, you know, right. and but then I decided ultimately I was like, I'll just wear a swimsuit, and then if other people are nude, I can just go. I can take totally it off. right. So I'm very grateful I did not go full naked because it was in not. Spa. It's, it's not a full naked spa at all. That would actually be like pretty abrasive if you were to do that. Yeah, it was. Would have I probably would have been kicked out of the resort. So anyway, um, that was my own spa experience. We'll see wow. if we leave that in. You know. Well, I um thank you for your vulnerability and your honesty. We clearly are <laughs> people who like luxury experiences, but we don't know how to behave in them. If you like luxury, psychedelic luxury experiences, it's a whole new level. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, did you see the text message that Kagan sent me that I posted on Instagram about Clean Simple Eats? He said, SOS, we are out of the chocolate flavor of Clean Simple Eats, which by the way, I really didn't know that we could get it for free. So I've been paying full price and just ordering because I literally am a paying customer of this company. Clean Simple Eats, everyone, is the purveyor of the best protein powder on the planet. Can we just say, we've had some people get converted to the religion of clean symbol eats and they have messaged us saying you were right. It is so delicious. It will make milk taste like chocolate milk. If you get the brownie batter or, you know, I love to put oh. the vanilla in a fruit smoothie. You just, you can't go wrong. You can't mess it up either. I would say you, it is so good. Someone texts me. They're like, does it have a weird aftertaste? I'm like, no, this is clean this is- simple eats. It tastes like melted ice cream, just mixed in cold water. And it's made from clean grass fed, perfect ingredients. Mm-hmm. 
What yeah. more do you people want? What more do you out want? Of this world? What more do you want? Yeah. I don't know. Cleansimpleeats.com, everyone. Go try the vanilla, try the chocolate. Use our code Popapologist for 10% off. We love the sponsor. I'll be drinking Clean Simple Eats on my deathbed. I hope so. All right, you guys, a quick announcement. We are running in March a $500 shopping spree giveaway. Very exciting. And to enter, all you have to do is recommend the podcast on your Instagram stories, tag us and include a link for your followers to easily tap and listen to your favorite Mm -hmm. episode of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We ask that you only do this if you would actually share the pod, you know, with your friends on your story. You know, this is this is a giveaway um, of authenticity, if you will. (laughs) Um, We also ask in that same spirit that you don't mention that it's a giveaway. Exactly. Please share the pod, share it on your stories, get the word out, spread the good word of Pop Apologists. Make sure to tag us. We'll see it. We'll respond that you're entered. And then we're going to pick one person at random and they'll win $500 to go to town with. So enter this month in March, you guys. Shopping spree giveaway. Okay. But let's move on. Um, Moving along. Do you want to talk about Pamela Anderson. Yes. Okay. So last week, um, I got to go to the screening of Pamela, a love story. Okay. Um, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to get in. Like my friend Candace and I, we reserved tickets, but I was like, you know, like we showed up and there was a huge line to get in the theater and it was a live screening with her. Okay. So like, you know, it drew a crowd, which is insane. Yeah. Which was crazy. And it was also free, which was great. So Um, cool so cool so we waited in line and we were like some of the last people to get seats and i basically know nothing about pamela anderson at this point i that day i listened to her like armchair expert interview and Mm. i yeah i know nothing about her um other than that like say yeah oh go ahead no you go i i feel like being raised in the house we were which was a very like a very fun but a conservative household right um where literally our mom like because of the line uh, in a Celine Dion song, it's all coming back to me now. There's a line where she says, "There were things I'd never do again," but then, but then they always seemed right. Our mom, remember her saying, "That means she's a slut." Anyway, there was a fair amount of um, <laughs> slut. There was a fair. There were definitely, especially it, of stars who yeah. were racy, and so I think Pamela Anderson is a very good example of someone who, in our home, I don't know that we talked about her that much. But it was kind of like I think there was maybe like an an icky feeling for us. Yeah, as, I think you know what I mean as kids. I think I you know we never watched Baywatch. Um, yeah, and our household I would say was sex positive, but not necessarily sexy positive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know how I wouldn't I don't know how sex positive our household well, just like, was. It, it wasn't like it wasn't like mom and dad were crazy conservative about like I don't know like. Anyways, we, we don't True. have to get into totally, it. Totally, totally. You know, like, the, it, was sex, like it was sex positive no, about between a, ma- right. a, ma- a husband and a wife. Literally, it was extremely sex positive when it comes to being married. Um, For yeah. sure. Like, As a heterosexual yeah. couple. Yes, exactly. Those, like, all green lines. Um, right. Okay. Anyways. We digress. Yeah, so we, we, had no, we had no real introduction. And the only other, you know, moment I'd had, or the only other exposure to her I really had was I tried to watch the Pam and Tommy Hulu show that came out okay. a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it and it was honestly a little too graphic for me. Like mm. it was just, it wasn't totally my vibe. Um, yeah. And so I was like, I just didn't really know what to expect from this documentary. So that was, she the, was really before our time. Like, yeah, you know, when, when Baywatch was starring, you weren't even born yet. And I was two yep. years old. Right. So right. anyway, she was definitely not of our gen, like not no. of our time, but let's move on. No, no, no. Yeah. 
Um, so I would, but I was still like, oh, well, I love celebrities. I love seeing celebrities in person. And yeah, so she, we go into this like theater and we like, she comes in and she gets introduced and she like introduces the movie and her son produced it. Um, and she's just like gorgeous in person. She's wearing this like unbelievably beautiful, like white, you know, satin dress that just like looks perfect on her. And like, she just has star power. Um, Interesting. And, you know, it's just, like, she's so tiny, but she's, like, her, you know, she's got, like, this amazing figure. Um, And I was definitely, like, when, and this is before the movie even, or the film even started, but I was, like, dang, like, I'm pretty captivated by her. Like, she's Really? Just, you were taken? Yeah, like, I just Pamela. was, like, oh, wow. Like, I think it was also just, like, this is an icon. This is a household name. So, mm-hmm. so I think it's pretty rare to see a household name in person. For sure. You know, Absolutely. like, you can see run-of-the-mill celebrities, but, like, that's, she's a, she's a household name. She's someone who, right. like. I know what she looks like. I know what her boobs look like, you know. Um. Anyways, so I mean, then, I do you know like her full boobs look I like? Mean, you know what that they look I mean, like at that point before, or because no, of- not before the documentary. But like I knew okay, that she, okay. had, you know, I knew she had big boobs. Whatever. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Just want to. I honestly just want to exonerate you from being like I know exactly the size of her nipples I know exactly right, what she looks right. like naked I don't think you were that much of a perv on Pamela no, no 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 I'm just saying like she's she's someone who I've just like I've seen her in culture okay moving right along <laughs> um okay and anyways so then we watched this documentary um you know all about her life and I think it just really um evangelize me is like the word that we use like for how so then we watch the the film and it's just really good like I just found it to be like fascinating to see how her life unfolded you know she's from like a very small town in Canada and she's just like truly one I think one of I think the last celebrities who's just like plucked from obscurity out of nowhere Mm -hmm. you know she literally was at a football game or a hockey game and like you know, the Jumbotron spotted her and then like the Jumbotron couldn't get enough for her. And then they literally brought her down to the 50 yard line. And then like soon thereafter, the, right. the brand, like, that's like, how she like, got famous. Literally, she was like, she was fully plucked from obscurity. And then she like, mm-hmm. then because of, because she was in that like commercial for that beer company, Playboy reached out to her and like, she couldn't even, I mean, and, and they talk about this in the film, she couldn't even get through the border on a plane because she like they asked what she was doing in America and she said I'm gonna go work for Playboy and then they were like no you can't work in America you're Canadian so then she had to like take a bus right and Hollywood like just a true not like, much street smarts like a very like hometown girl yeah like, very just like sheltered I'm gonna do it and I also just thought it was so funny like and interesting her her mom's response to her being like I'm gonna go be in Playboy and her mom saying like no one ever asked me to be in Playboy go do it you know like it's well it's fascinating that was actually one of the notes I had was I just felt like so many parents, A, would have kind of slut shamed their daughters. Absolutely. Um, been uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Like, rightly so or not. I don't want to debate that. But I think that there is her mom was such a special person. Yeah. And yeah. the way that she was like, yes, go. Like, right, when she right. calls her mom and it's like, I'm in LA. Right. And I think I can make a career out of this. Her mom's like, do it. Right. Do you know- parents would be like that's a, a bad world you don't want to be in that mm-hmm. world come back to this small town right right you know go back to working at the the gas station or whatever mm-hmm. or i don't know like would want to keep their kids close right like so right. many 
so many moms are competitive. Like I'm not, our mom is not this way at all, but so many moms are competitive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They don't want to see their kids really succeed that much because like it takes them away from them. And right, her right. mom was the opposite. She was so selfless. She was like, right. live your life, right. be a right. star. Right. Very cool. I thought it was yeah. really special. And you know, her, her childhood was chaotic and her parents fought a lot. And she's really honest about the, the troublesome relationship that they had in their early days and how they like her father was violent and yeah. you know, they would leave him and then, you know, they would, they would get back together and they would, you know, be so in love. And, and I think there's no, there's no doubt that that shaped, you know, her approach to love and, you know, mm -hmm. the, the relationships that she sought. But she also doesn't pass real judgment on her parents for like the fact that they stayed together and that they loved each other, you know, and mm -hmm. I, I actually don't remember if they're still alive. Um, I think that actually, I think they are. Cause I think they're interviewed. Duh. They're, um, anyways. yeah, yeah. They're in, they're in the documentary. Yeah. I think, I think actually it brings up a really good question and debate and it's not something I think we're going to solve or even really get into that much, but the question of like redemption, right? Like, and, and is a person, can a person grow and change? Can a person mm -hmm. become better than the worst thing they've ever done? Like, her mom and her father seem actually happy now, even though he was, you know, he did commit domestic violence and he was an abuser. But now they live this life where they are like in love and happy together. And Pamela like accepts that and seems right. to love both of her parents and not wish otherwise. And so I think that there's, I think that like just the human experience is so complicated. And I do think that mm -hmm. in our society, we are just so ready to burn people at the stake right and never forgive them but i just think that the, i thought it was a kind of an interesting an interesting portrait of you know maybe a relationship that had been through really dark times but had ultimately succeeded right right um yeah i mean i think that's like that's that entire conversation is true of pamela's relationships and like you know the way that she doesn't the way that she kind of like fearlessly falls in love over and over again and gets married and yeah. that these marriages don't work out. And Tommy is like a whole other subject, but that she's not bitter. And that's a huge part of like the documentary. And like the theme mm -hmm. is that like her, she's still just an extremely open hearted person. And I think that is so like wonderful. And like, I don't know, like there's, I think, yeah, it would, it's easier almost to pass judgment on her and be like, oh, like she, you know, she has issues with love. She's blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's I prefer looking at it more uh, for, through the lens of like, wow, she's just still she still continues to be very open hearted. I agree. I agree. But I think that I think that her approach to love is is one that's like based on a flawed concept, which is that mm -hmm. that you can perpetually stay in a state of right. bliss and a state of like complete rapture right. um, with someone else or being enraptured by someone else. And I think that she's she clearly says that she's uncomfortable with not being in like this manic mm -hmm. state right. of right. obsessive love. And that's right. not the reality of a long-term committed monogamous yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah. My friend Sophie, um, I was talking with her recently and she quoted this quote I've heard so I've heard before that is so worth repeating. And it's like, a marriage is really committing to falling out of and back in love with someone over and over and over again. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I think that's the reality of the the human experience, especially right. in, in a monogamous relationship. And so yep. I almost wonder if seeing her parents and the way they were so volatile and then also having this relationship with Tommy where, first of all, it starts off with her doing drugs, which she's never done before. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's this extremely passionate, chaotic, violent, turbulent relationship. I almost wonder if that kind of created this false idea in her head that things have to feel so incredibly on the edge Mm -hmm. to be real like that's the only love that actually like she literally can't feel a love that doesn't feel like she's right on ecstasy almost and and, i mean so i have two things like the very like the origins of the of pam and tommy are so insane to me like they literally they met at a nightclub he called her and called her she didn't really want to she wasn't interested then she told him she's going to mexico he says you're going to mexico without me i'm coming with you he then literally follows her to Mexico for a photo shoot, try, figures, tries to figure out what hotel she's staying at, like essentially stalks her, her crashes and her then, entire sh- like shoot. And then literally like they do ecstasy together. And then he they like in that like haze, say, they say like, let's get married. And then they literally get married four days later. Well, the, this the other thing, Chandler, and this I listened to the Armchair Expert episode too, is he roofied her. He slipped ecstasy mm-hmm. into her drink. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, it was the start of an amazing love story. I know. I know. It's like, <laughs> it's, cr- I mean, I don't know. I don't have the perfect take on this. I just think it's pretty crazy and interesting to see someone who does not look back at her life with all this bitterness and regret. Well, this is the thing I actually, that's, I think, the lesson here. I think the lesson here is, is that a lot of things can happen to you in your life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you have the ability to either like, attach yourself to a negative narrative about them and become jaded and become bitter and become negative or you have the ability to interpret them through a lens of like and it was incredible at the time right and and just kind of let it go and And it seems like she's really let it go and she's like also fairly self-aware she says like i made a lot of mistakes like she's like i didn't marry the right people like she doesn't act like every single marriage was perfect and you know, like like that she's led this Michelle Obama like, you know, like right, she, right, you know, and and she and yeah, and I think like she's like really honest about who she is. um, and I think I see that honesty, like and how I think when you're a very upfront parent who doesn't really like hide yourself from your kids or you know in the ways that you might be flawed, um like I feel like she's a really close relationship with both of her children because of it, like they. I don't know. And, and maybe she was, I, I don't know what she was like as a mother, but they, you know, they really seem to love her and adore her. I mean, I, I definitely think watching the way that they're so close, mm-hmm. it was really, it gave me a lot of hope for if I am a boy mom and have sons because like there was just such a closeness to their I mean, relationship. It's, it's really so special. It's, her relationship with her boys. It's yeah. really, I don't know why it's like making me emotional, but I think it's just like, you know, she she left Tommy the very day that where he was violent, the very first time he was violent with her, and she never looked back. And that was the one person that she felt like she truly loved and was loved by. But she mm-hmm. never looked back because she was like, I just, you know, well, I can't do this to my kids. Um, and obviously they did get back together like in the late 2000s. But like, you know, she he went to jail and he begged for her, you know, to come back and to to try again. And she she never really looked back. Um, and as she was raising them at least. And, um, anyways, it's interesting. Her son, Brandon, the one who produced the documentary, she talks about this on the armchair expert podcast. He actually decided to go to rehab. Yeah. Kind of out of the blue. He, 
and he and she said like he said to her and Tommy like I actually think I have the thing where alcohol ruins your life where it changes right. you and it ruins your life and um and then he just decided to go and she was like he didn't have a problem he we didn't even think that he we was struggling yeah. with this and anyways I just I don't know I think I have I have respect for her kids and I think they I mean I can't imagine the childhood that they had and they seem to be like you know, pretty evolved impressive. and mature. It, yeah. Impressive evolved like kids for like the chaotic childhood. I mean, yeah, I, well, and I want to yeah, say, I want to say that I think that the fact that she didn't get back together with Tommy after he started to become physically abusive and she did break that cycle. Right. Right. Um, I think that goes to show that she like, yeah, she has her fallibility. Um, she has her love ups, like obsession with being in a manic state of love, but she's also has a, a deep maturity um, and a way of prioritizing the well-being of her children right, and right. especially with dropping the lawsuit um, mm-hmm. against the against like the media company who was putting out the video. I mean, that right. was a lawsuit that probably they could have gotten a lot of money for. Right. Um, it could have vindicated her in the, the sphere of public opinion, which was really important at the time because this was a time when when really women when stuff like that came out, they could be like ruined. Oh, I mean, um, her career was forever changed. The trajectory of her life right. was forever changed. I mean, and also this is... Wait, hold know, on. 19... Let me just finish. Oh, yeah. And oh, she yeah. didn't. And she didn't. And the fact is, and she didn't because she didn't want to miscarry again because her mm-hmm. child mattered so right, much more than her. anything. Um, yeah. And I think that anyway, this is a woman with, yes, flaws, but a lot of virtues. And I think that's right. why people are so captivated right now because... You know, her virtues really did shine through. Um, Yeah, the last thing I just want to touch on is, you know, we live in a time of sex tapes that are released, honestly, for publicity. On purpose. On purpose for money. And the fact that, you know, and I didn't know this. I did not know this about her life and and this incident. But her, like, their entire safe was stolen from their house. Like, this was, like, their private belongings. Mm-hmm. This was not like, you know, they just had this crazy saucy life that they like let, you know, let the entertainment industry, you know, get into for some extra publicity. And like that literally, I think, was what I thought before I watched this documentary. I had no idea that it was like truly stolen from her. And then hearing in the the, the documentary that they offered her, you know, money, five million dollars for it. And yeah, she said no. She was like, you know, because it was stolen property. It wasn't right. This, That's definitely like, money and fame in terms of yeah. like she didn't want that video out there and I think no. that's a huge piece and I think interestingly watching the way that that fact gives her sons calm like her sons were impacted by mm-hmm. the, this video coming out but like they the one of the sons does in the documentary like she turned down five million dollars right, that they right. could have actually really used um because that's how much they didn't want the video and I think out there and I think that's actually like very healing for her sons to know absolutely that she so. was tr- that at, at her core she was trying to protect her family unit. Yeah. Um, Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making just keep our, it simple. Uh, I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. 
Rough bros. Good job. Yeah. Anyways, I, I could talk about this for a long time because I was really captivated by it, but I have I have a few additional observations. Okay. Okay, cool. Great. Let's talk about it. Um, one is her talking about being married to the Canadian contractor. She's like <laughs> she's like, I just figured I'd try something something normal for a change and and uh I don't know. I don't sometimes I don't know if I'm alive or dead. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Okay, lady. Literally, uh, that's yeah. definitely not I the mean, most romantic way to talk about your new husband. I, I think he was literally a a, a general contract a, a general con, a contractor. I don't. Uh, I think he was literally a general contractor, like working on her property. I mean, I mean, yeah. She the way she that that relationship ended, and she like just basically calls him and says she, like she just is like romanticizing her past relationship with Tommy, right, and, right. like that is like a clear indication that this woman really right. does not want to be in a normal relationship. And obviously, yeah. who knows what that was really like, but seemed like he just was he portrayed as just a nice guy. Um, the other thing I want to say is that uh, I will say that I I think that this movie was not going to be possible. Like, okay, she's from humble roots, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, thank goodness, even though she's from humble roots, the aesthetic of her childhood home is gorgeous. I feel like we're in like a pared down Montauk or something. Oh, yeah. Like where she lives currently, the co- like the beach yeah. cottage. Yeah. 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 Which is where she's from. Where she's just um, like clipping roses and putting them into different vases all day long. It, it literally is her in like a beautiful white linen see-through right like slip dress walking oh. through gardens and seaside i just imagine be- imagine chandler if she had been raised in like if, if instead she was like walking through like a victorville subdivision i don't think this documentary would have really slapped if she had not been raised in no, such a beautiful environment a huge part of this is like this like canadian like island town like vancouver island yeah 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 um i will be in a you know, a sheer linen nightgown all summer and a black thong. You have she my really, word. She really is so, I'm sure Ben will love that. Um, I, She really is so beautiful. Like even oh, to this stunning. day, she's so beautiful. Her freckles are so cute. Um, Yeah, she's really gorgeous. So. I, one other thing I want to discuss. Yeah. The... Super cuts of the different media interviews where she is asked about her sex life mm. and her boobs. Like, I just, and we all watched this. We all felt like this was normal. And it reminds me of Britney Spears and, you know, like, yeah, you know, TV, what are like, and, and late night talk show hosts asking her about losing her virginity. Like, the way that people in media were able to just talk to women is sickening. That that was just like, that was just normal. The way that the way that especially there would be older men, yes, clearly always. sexualizing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like objectifying women in these in these interviews, it is just really interesting. Um, it is just really kind of gross, and it's so oh, it's great terrible. that we're at a time where you can't say stuff like that anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm with you there. Um, should we move on though to Army Hammer? Yes, let's move on to Army Hammer, please. Okay, so Chandler, Army Hammer. We haven't heard from him since the accusations came out. An interview with him has just been published in Air Mail, which is a a offshoot of Vanity Fair. And actually shocking stuff comes out in this interview. So the okay. first of which I want to get into is that he actually is selling timeshares in the Bahamas. And he's totally broke. He Apparently, American Express is suing him for $67,000 in unpaid credit card bills. That's like not that much money. 
Like that's shocking that, that like you don't think literally- like someone from the hammy hammy the hammer family could just like throw him you know 75k and just say like okay we wash our hands of you i didn't want to i didn't know if i should say that because i didn't know if it would sound tone deaf to be like not that much money but it's honestly well, not that much money it's like, not that much it's it's a i don't you know it's a ton of money for us but is for a celebrity that's not that much money why didn't he just do an interview like agree to sit down right. with 60 minutes for 200 grand or something totally like a full in-depth interview to that exonerate really himself crazy. or try to even if he got castigated and the outcome wouldn't have been the same would have been the same as when he was canceled basically and he i mean it just didn't make sense that he didn't that makes just no take sense. some money for an interview and pay it i off. like feel like i want to fact check that number because i even think for american express like really you're going after the people who owe you 60 se- that's not even like a hundred thousand dollars right once again right we're not tone deaf i have like almost no money right now i'm extremely broke but um <laughs> but beyond that beyond his financial situation and the fact that he's literally selling timeshares i mean that is just such an interesting juxtaposition from his former life movie star rich right. just high flying to working a job that sounds frankly horrible Right. Um, like literally we have better jobs than army hammer it's just shocking um but like he has to wear a hotel uniform and sell timeshares every day that is appalling i mean i would love a reality tv show about this maybe so truly sh- yeah that could help pay off the debt truly shocking but let me just say this okay so as i get into this article i want to say that I did, I did not think i was going to approach today with an okay. ounce of Army Hammer sympathy. Wow. I, especially when I read the first paragraph, okay? Um, so listen to this. This is the first paragraph of the article. For the vast majority of humanity, January 1st, 2021, a year into the coronavirus pandemic, when most of the world remained under some form of lockdown and vaccines were not yet widely available, brought little to celebrate. Not for Army Hammer. The actor, great-grandson of oil tycoon Armand Hammer, had many reasons for optimism. The previous summer, Hammer and his wife of 10 years, Bird Bakery founder Elizabeth Chambers, had announced what appeared to be their amicable separation on Instagram. On Instagram, And over the months that followed, Hammer was photographed alongside a succession of beautiful young women. So I guess, I guess your so marriage this, ending yeah. to the mother of your children uh, of 10 years, and now you're just hooking up with a bunch of young babes. That's what a it- reason to be celebrating. Um, what did and you have say? nothing but optimism for. Who is this magazine owned by? Um, it's it's Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Okay, interesting. Yeah, there's a little bit of spin on this that I don't love. Well, it's just a little like misogynistic. Yeah. Oh, gross. yes. That's that's yeah. That is the spin. Um. Okay. But but beyond that. Um, but beyond that unsavory opening. So basically, this article really just gets into Army's account of what happened. Yeah. Okay. And I I feel like what's interesting about the entire thing is yes like there was so there was a lot of really gruesome text right yeah but a lot of it fell under like kinkiness it fell within the within the spectrum of adult consensual sexuality right this the things that he was doing and the i don't know i don't know about the cannibal stuff but like yeah a a good amount of it i I know fantasizing about cannibalism that is within the boundaries of human sexuality that's like that is not no i know you can people can honestly say anything i don't think saying things to a privately to a sexual partner is illegal yeah you are right you're right it's just 
I don't know. And yeah, it's I'm gross. My pearls. It's I'm clutching my pearls I'm right not, now. I'm not into it personally, but I do think that a lot of the things he was accused of um, really were within the realms of just like a very kinky man. Right. Um, not someone we want to be cavorting with, but, right, right, right. you know, it didn't seem like a crime. And so the it, only real. Yeah. When you said that, it reminded me of like, uh, you know, in uh, the Articles of Faith, which is a Mormon thing. Uh, when they say if there's, you know, if anything is, if there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report, we seek after these things. Army Hammer does not fall into that category at all. No, no, no. absolutely not. We do not seek after Army Hammer or any of his uh, is ilk. Yeah, but um, but the interesting thing about a lot, not all the accusations except for one woman. One woman accused him, which is Effie of rape. Yeah, and. Yeah. And this is not the same situation as a Bill Cosby. This is not the same situation as a Harvey Weinstein where, you know, dozens of women have accounts of the exact same sexual crime. Right. Not creepiness. Right. right. Not grossness. Not this thing that we're interpreting as bad, but no, an actual sexual crime. So anyway, all of, I think his, I think him being burned at the stake really hinged on these accusations by this woman of course yes 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 so what comes out in this interview and what he says is that and this is his account right Mm -hmm. um but also there are receipts of her account so that's what what that is what i think casts a lot of complications across this whole story um and the first thing is that she told she texted or dm'd people that everything was consensual so there are dms of her telling people that there's no crime here i don't need legal representation i never said anything wasn't consensual yeah yeah which is obviously a problem if that's not the case right right and then additionally let me see here i think using especially using the word consensual not saying like everything was fine right that that's a that is a very serious thing to back up if it wasn't actually true. And I think that if women are to be taken ser- seriously, which they should be, um, and their accusations are to be taken seriously, which they should be, women should also take their word seriously. Like we need to be responsible for what we mm-hmm. say. Oh, yeah, and we need to be responsible for what we accuse. And I think that, you know, where like we got into some gray area with me too, where people were, Mm-hmm. Where maybe there was comfortability with throwing out accusations of things that maybe were, cons- and I'm I'm not saying this is what happened with Effie, but things that maybe felt consensual in the moment. And then once maybe a person was no longer interested, reinterpreted, did not feel consensual um, or it felt like or a violation. Think, yeah. And I just don't think we had a range of language to describe, you know, the different types of sexual encounters that you can have that can feel less than great or that cannot feel perfectly perfect and i mean i and i I think of the example of like uh aziz right right exactly anyways yeah and i think so so one of the interesting things in this article that they talk about is basically like and there's kind of this idea that like during when this was happening with the first so like here okay so let's talk about page lorenz page lorenz this is what the article says on january 25th a 22 year old instagram influencer named page lorenz claimed that Hammer had carved the letter A near her vagina with a knife, licked the wound, proposed consuming her, and told her that he wanted to eat one of her ribs. I thought he was kidding, Lauren said. It didn't register register to me. 
that this was something serious until he brought it up multiple times and seeing other women come out with the same thing. And then it was like, wow, this is really scary. In a subsequent interview with the Daily Mail, Lauren said that the incision was about an inch deep, not an inch across, an inch deep, engraved with the whole tip of the blade. Um, if the knife had gone into her an inch, she would have had to go to the emergency room, right? Right, like, right. And an army's account is that it was actually a scratch, that it was, and it was kind of within this, the bounds of pushing the boundaries, but it wasn't an actual, it, it wasn't something where she had to go to the hospital or anything like right, that. Right, right. I think that if you read this article, what will become clear is that this was a guy who was really hot. He was very sexually deviant. Yeah. And yeah. he was pursuing women, pursuing very young women, and then using them for, you know, his sexual satisfaction and then discarding them emotionally and yeah, moving right. on to the next one. Right, He's right. absolutely guilty of that kind of emotional abuse. And he cops to that in the article. Um, but I think what just where we get into gray areas is if he's really guilty of a crime mm-hmm. um and really i mean yeah yeah it's it yeah like i i don't know i don't i don't know if i totally like yes i think a lot of this happened in the gray area but i just remember watching the documentary and feeling so beyond sick mm-hmm. not feeling like this was just some kinky people but it it just felt sick to me and there was there was maybe some spin on it, but um, I don't know. The documentary just left me with a real pit in my stomach about ARMY in a way that I don't know that I can come back from. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying anyone needs to yeah. come back from that. I don't think yeah. anyone needs to. I'm not here saying that, you know, ARMY Hammer needs to have a career at the height of acting or whatever. Yeah. So Effie said in one conversation, she said, in an apologetic message to Elizabeth Chambers, she said, I was pretty much chasing him. He kept saying he was married and couldn't do this and how he's never cheated in so many years of marriage and would feel absolutely terrible if he started. And I kept pursuing him. He kept blocking me. So I kept trying and I shouldn't have. So the other thing that really comes out is that she really pursued him for a long time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, admits to that, and then also harbored, you know, hopes that this relationship, that he would leave Elizabeth for her. Right. And when... When she when he doesn't, his, you know, his way he retells it or he tells it is that um, is that that's when she kind of reframes right. things that have happened in the relationship. So the rape accusation is yeah. surrounds this one incident. And what he says is that with this one incident that took place, um, I think, in L.A., I don't have the date, but anyway, what he says is that this was a scene that she scripted entirely and that she basically, and I don't know if this is true, you guys, this is what Army Hammer says, but um, he says that she, there are messages on Facebook that have somehow been since deleted. He's tried to subpoena them from Meta, so maybe you could look into that, but he has said that that you know, this was a scene that they had pre-scripted. She had introduced him to the idea or the I guess what's called a consensual non-consent scene. And it's something where, you know, it's a BDSM thing. Um, And that there are messages that would completely exonerate him in terms of the fact that this was like a very premeditated thing that they were going to do together. Mm -hmm. He really says that, you know, for him, he's not someone who takes pleasure at people energetically not being like, not also taking pleasure in a situation. And I think I was left after reading this I mean, I I 
personally find him saying that he was abused. Did you right. did you hear about this? I think I remember this like coming out in the with his aunt talking about how his dad or his uncle was an abuser. No, this just came out in this article. And I I feel like there was there was like there was talk early on during the, the about, of sexual like, abuse of sexual deviance like a, across the family. So yeah, that there was talk of that, but the first accounts we have of him being sexually abused are in this airmail article. Okay. And he says okay. that he was sexually abused by a pastor when he was 13. Oh wow, okay, year. okay. And he says that his interest in BDSM is a response to that, basically mm-hmm. a response to taking pleasure from feeling in control when mm-hmm. he felt out of control. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's, that is pretty um, typical. So, yeah. So we don't know, yeah. right? We don't There's, know who is telling the truth. One thing that's interesting, though, is that is that Effie will not sign an affidavit swearing that, that? her testimony. Yeah. It's basically putting your testimony under oath. Yeah. And she yeah. wouldn't do that. And that is why Gloria Allred dropped her. And I listened to an interview with the journalist who did this uh, article. And what the journalist basically said is like, we decided to put this out there and pursue this because, because like there was all this talk around him and people, mm-hmm. you know, the internet had gone so crazy that there was a conspiracy theory that he killed someone in California. Like there was a murder that happened at near a hotel where he was helping a friend or something. And there was this conspiracy theory that he was actually the murderer. So it kind of like gone so yeah. out of control. No, that destroyed yeah. him. But then there yeah. wasn't actually, what they say is there, there were no lawsuits. There were no settlements. There was nothing actually behind it that would kind of vindicate the extreme reaction. Okay. Um, so anyway, it's, I think it's super juicy, you guys. I definitely, it's super, it's very long, um, but it's very, very much worth the read. There's clearly just a lot more to this picture. Um, it's just a grisly topic to, and it's just murky to kind of go back and forth with who's right, who's, whose account of consensual or non-consensual interactions do we believe? Like that, I don't know. It's just really, it's tricky and it's, it is, yeah. It's definitely tricky, but I just think that, you know, as people who t- who spoke on this podcast about what a bad guy Army mm-hmm. Hammer was and yeah. how gross yeah. he was and yeah. how we were part of the the chorus of people yeah. burning this guy at the stake, I also think yeah. that there's kind of a, there's, you know, we can't just be one-sided. Like, we have to right. be able to hear everyone's voice. And, yeah. I mean, listen to this. This is a DM Effie sent on January 8th, 2021. She said that sex with Hammer was always consensual, that he was such an amazing daddy, and that he is not dangerous. He didn't rape anyone. Mm-hmm. And then someone said if she was going to ask if she was going to get legal representation, and she responds and says, I'm not saying he raped me. No need for legal rep. So okay. I have no doubt that this woman, no matter what happened or didn't happen, I have no doubt that in her brain, she is incredibly traumatized by that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's just very complex. Yeah. Extremely um, complex. And I think that we should try we should try to have conversations and we should try to hear from everyone, not just not just accusers. No, so. I, I, I completely agree. I think um, you know, we were quick to vilify him completely. And there's clearly just more to this story. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, pretty juicy, you guys. Definitely worth a worth a read um, if you have a spare 30 mm-hmm. minutes. Anything else you want to touch on this episode, Chandler? Nothing from me. Okay. okay. Well, you guys, this week on Patreon 
is going to be part one of my wedding recap. So that is coming out. We recorded for three hours, you guys. So I think what we're going to do, we're basically going to release this in three parts over the course of like two weeks. Mm -hmm. So we're going to release part one on Friday, hopefully part two sometime early next week, and then part three at the end of next week. So there's going to be five Patreon episodes this month instead of just four. It's all going to be on Patreon. I'm really sorry if it's so many details, so, so much. Um, apologies in advance, but I just didn't want to leave anything out. So I hope you enjoy it. No, and great. love you guys. Love you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.